Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about nuclear war. Yeah. Good time for it. Aaron, what are some of your favorite Cold War memories growing up? You know, it's funny you should mention that uh, because there were no good ones. <laughs> when I, was, and I, I don't know. How, you know, we're not that much different in age, but uh, when I was growing up, we actually were pretty sure there was going to be a nuclear war and we were going to be slaughtered. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be the Russians uh, until the Middle East heated up. And then it was going to be Iran or uh, Muammar Gaddafi, one of these guys. Uh, and But mostly the Russians when I was a kid. Uh, we all just assumed that's the way we were going to go. I mean, for, it sounds ludicrous, but it's true. And I can't imagine what they thought in the... In the you know, after the Bay of Pigs and right. stuff, I bet they were losing their mind. Yeah, but my dad always said me that and my was. My friends the, would talk about it. My dad always said the most scared he's ever been uh, was during the the Cuban Missile Crisis. He really thought it was going to be the end of the world. I I, I do agree with you uh, that uh, our age does play a factor because uh, one of my earliest memories, actually, from watching the news as a kid, was when the Berlin Wall came down. And of course, that was I think eighty nine. Um, and so um, that was around the time that I became aware of events, you know, in the world. So I never really had a Cold War. Uh, my uh, my memories pretty much started with the fall of the Berlin Wall and the collapse of the Soviet Union and stuff. So uh, I'm not I'm not particularly sad about that though. It's not a you know, it wasn't a good time. It's funny. <laughs> it's not that funny. But uh, when I was a little kid, a really big deal was the. Uh, Iranian hostage situation Mm -hmm. and I mean as a kid I wasn't 100% sure what was watch Walter Cronkite every night in the news and as a kid I could kind of gauge how how far south things were going and of course you can't really separate I didn't know who uh, uh, the uh, who had kidnapped the uh, hostages or what Iran or Russia it was all the same to me I just assumed we were to get slaughtered because of this and uh, uh, there was sort of this, uh, there was sort of this weird feeling that I had all through the Reagan years that things were going to go south. Of course, if I would, had been an adult then, I probably still would have had that feeling. But as a kid, just, I guess you kids get sort of the uh, surface tension of what adults are really feeling. We just get a little taste mm-hmm. of it, you know. And uh, it was something I worried about. I mean, it sounds sort of silly now, but it was. We worried about it. You know, we thought about it. Kids talked yeah, about it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, <laughs> let's talk about something else. <laughs> let's talk about what's been going on over at everythingamiga.com. First thing I want to do before we get too deep in uh, uh, mention that our, our good buddy, uh, the Dreamcatcher, has come back to the Discord channel. We're so happy to have him back. Yes, absolutely. Uh, he, is, he is our number one number one contributor over at uh, everythingamiga.com and his gosh I, the amount of stories he has 
submitted over there. It's just it's hundreds of them, boat. Wouldn't mm -hmm. you say? Oh yeah, absolutely over a hundred. <laughs> and so it's ironic that the first thing we talked about is uh, by another one of our good uh, contributors is the dunk. Right. What, what do we got here, boat? Well, uh, Duncan has uh, crafted an article all about his experience with the Checkmate, the A1500+. This is the new case uh, designed by Stephen Jones that has made quite the splash in the Amiga community. And Absolutely. most of the uh, most of the luminaries in our scene have, uh, have, have put out videos about this, but uh, this is the first time that uh, we have uh, some, some in-depth exposure over on everythingamiga.com. Uh, I really enjoy reading this article because Duncan's uh, current setup uh, is exactly, I think, what Stephen was envisioning when he created the uh, the checkmate. And that, uh, you know, um, Duncan has a 500 and uh, he's got tons and tons of expansions and stuff and, and it, it, everything doesn't fit nicely in the case. And so uh, this, he, you know, Duncan was a perfect candidate to get what is essentially a new housing that incorporates all of the best uh, mod cons, as they'd say in England, uh, and put, uh, you know, in, in, and he, he has a memory expansion, a CD-ROM drive. He's got all of this stuff. And uh, he really goes in depth on how he plans on, you know, connecting everything and putting it all together. Um, I know that there was a, uh, he had a little bit of an issue. He has an alpha power uh, memory expansion that allows him to use the CD-ROM due to an IDE port. And uh, he was a little bit concerned that it wouldn't fit, but he's talked it over with the designers and, and I think that he's gonna move forward with that. Uh, and so he'll be able to basically do everything that he wants to do. Um, I really like, you know, Duncan's a very gifted writer, and uh, I was I was so glad to read this because these days videos are all the rage. You know, everybody does videos, including us two jokers. Um, that I really enjoyed uh, this in in sort of a photo essay form. Um, it, it, it was uh, it was nice to sit down and read something about this thing instead of just watching another video about it. You know, it's amazing the the design of this case now. You know, I wanted one of these boasters, mm -hmm. and I sat down and did the math, and I just couldn't afford it. It yeah. was just the things because I would want, I would want every all the big deluxe stuff, and it just it was out of my price range. Yeah, and it was most like everything else. I was like, I would have bought it, I would have had it. I don't need it necessarily, mm -hmm. but it would have been cool to have. Mm -hmm. But the, the the amount of design that went into this thing, and uh, you got to give the guys credit over there. Uh, it's just unbelievable that this thing can accommodate so many different. Um, you know, devices and hardware. It's quite remarkable. Yeah. I can't wait to see this thing come together. Yeah. I, I am uh, thoroughly jealous. It looks great. It's, it's also just a beautiful looking box. And it's also very functional for what people are doing with it. So I think it's, I think it's outstanding. I, I do agree with you. It is nice to sit down and just read one of these things. And you all, cause you can go back if you don't fully understand something, have another look. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, the dunk has a, a, a flair. That's for sure. So yeah, this is going to be great. I, I, I think it's going to be a fun series to watch. Yeah, yeah. And Dreamcatcher did put up an article this week all about the shadow. Uh, and so, Aaron, I know that you're a big shadow guy. Uh, you know, did you ever did you uh, ever listen to the uh, any of the radio show or anything on the shadow? Uh, no, I, I know. Who the, knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. That, that is the beginning and the end of my shadow knowledge. What you just said right there. <laughs> well. Uh, the Shadow was a film uh, 
I'm trying to think who it was. It was, uh, what's the guy? It's the guy that does all the uh, Trump impersonations on Saturday Night Live now. Uh, I can't remember his name. One of the brothers. Oh, Alec Baldwin? Yeah, I think he, I'm pretty sure he played the Shadow. Don't hold me to that, but I think he did. Uh, I saw the film, and I was disappointed, uh, frankly. Hmm. Uh, the Shadow is a lot like the Phantom. It, it, it's a difficult part to pull off and make it not suck. Uh, and I mean, the movie wasn't great. I will say there's a there's also a pinball machine based on the movie, and it's one of those pinball machines where people like the machine, but they don't necessarily like the film, and they don't like the back glass, the big Alec Baldwin face stuck on it. That, yeah. So it's one it's one of those that gets the repo uh, back glasses made, much like the Flintstones mm-hmm. and some of the other ones, where just like let's get this movie crap out of here and at least pretend this is just based on the cartoon or the books or whatever, you know. Uh, I've not played any of the games, uh, so but it's uh, the Shadow was you know it, for the longest time on radio was the top guy you know in the twenties and I mean he was around forever mm-hmm. and he was voiced by uh, 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 a lot of you know big time players Orson Welles for one really uh, did the Shadow for a while yeah so uh, uh, you know it's not like there's not a pedigree there mm-hmm. so I guess it went from Orson Welles to Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Yeah, you do the math. Yeah, yeah. We got a couple <laughs> stories this week from the old gamble train, Aaron. Uh, the first thing we've got is Tenmark. Speaking of videos, this is yeah. one of my favorite things that he's ever done. Uh, really? Tenmark has done a lot of in-depth hardware stuff and stuff like that. But you know me, I'm a games guy, and he does yeah. a great job running down some of the just most recently released games for both the C64 and the Amiga. And, you know, sometimes people ask us, why don't we do uh, more new games on this show? And, uh, you know, a big part of that is just when you have uh, a new game come out, there's not a whole lot of backstory in history. Most of the time we can't talk about, you know, what developer, what, you know, what, what this guy worked on after and before, because usually it's a guy that's brand new to the scene. And there just isn't really enough to talk about most of the time to fill up a whole show. The way that Doug has done this in this, uh, he, he basically has this, this round table of all these different games. And he gives each one a couple minutes. He, ta- he goes through a gameplay video, talks about what he thinks. This is the, if you're curious about what's new and upcoming for the Amiga or the C64, uh, this is the video to watch. I highly, highly recommend this video. Uh, it's very well done. Uh, none of these games overstays its welcome. He gives each one about as much time as, as it as it deserves and uh and it's a really great really great video doug well done yeah i i uh, uh did you did any of these games strike your fancy vote well there were some games that i thought just from looking at screenshots and things didn't look that great that i was like oh you know what but when you see these games in motion um they sometimes they make them look cooler i'm still not fully sold on the game that i'm showing right now tiny little slug it still seems like i don't know i think this looks like a pretty clever i was watching him play this really it's a very clever the gameplay is i mean you've got to really think in a different way because this thing this guy can't jump or hurt anything yeah yeah you're right And so you have to and so that's that's a whole different level of of uh gameplay there uh uh so it might be fun yeah yeah uh, there were a lot of shooters in here um they looked, you know, looked okay. Again, I, it's one of those things I didn't sit down and play them. I, I, I haven't played. You know, it's funny. I listen to the guys over at uh, uh, Pixel Gate, and they're always talking about the the new game scene on the C sixty four, would being huge. And we occasionally will come across that stuff. But <laughs> excuse me, I haven't really played any of the new stuff uh, on it. And so uh, watching this, I did kind of get a flavor for 
for what what was out there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And of course, some of the stuff for the uh, the Amiga. Of course, we we've, we've covered a little bit of it. We did it. We did cover. We do occasionally cover a new game, mm-hmm. and we've covered one of these. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, they looked like some pretty decent stuff. Hey, I'm, it's nice that new stuff's coming out. And this is this is a good time to check it out since there's not much else to do. Right. Right. Um, there is a new racing game for uh, vampire people. Not just the, not just the walkers of the night. People that own the uh, accelerator card for the Amiga. Uh, yeah. They're you know they they continue with development of this thing, um, and I guess you know this is a new 3D engine that uh, not only this game will will uh, utilize, but but possibly games in the future. And um, this is uh, it's called Heimdall. Now, Aaron, would you call your new 3D racing game Heimdall? Yes, I would, Boat. Really? No. I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, Heimdall happens to be the name of an already existing Amiga game. You're, yeah, we played that. Right. So, I, in my personal opinion... It's, is it spelled the same? It's spelled it is, the same. It? It's the exact same <clears throat> thing. So, uh, you know, I'm looking at this thing play right now on the video, uh, and it looks like it's, a... Uh, it's pretty smooth. I mean, it's, a, it's obviously... It's very early <clears> days, <throat> yeah. But uh, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's pixel... Or, I'm sorry, it's uh, polygon-based... And uh, it'll be interesting to watch uh, the development of this as it comes along for those of you that are uh, vampire owners and looking for something that will really uh, put put that thing through its paces. You know, let's talk about the vampire game production for a second, which we don't usually touch on the vampire stuff that much anymore. With the release of the standalone uh, vampire computer, let's go there, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it, um... I think that there probably does need to be, I don't have, you know, before what, you know, we always look at this stuff. It's like this game requires a, a 6860 and requires an RTG. And we're both like, right. we don't care. Right. But when it comes to the vampire stuff, I'm, st- I can, st- I'm starting to see the light in terms of if you're going to have something that, uh, um, if you're going to have a standalone console or standalone computer that you're calling a vampire, it, it's okay. I think I, I think I'm down with seeing new games get released for it. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, we can't play him, and we pro- maybe we'll never get to play him. But it's still neat. It also justifies that hardware uh, that you spent all that money on uh, for you know. I mean, if you haven't justified it to yourself already, uh, and so and I, I would like to see. I, 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 it's weird. It'd be weird to develop on something like that, though, wouldn't it? Because what are you developing exactly? Are you developing on the Amiga? Are you developing on an, a PC type? You know, a, you're, since you can, you've got extra, you've got so much more power to play with. You know, where do you draw the line? Right. It would be, I don't know. It'd be difficult to, to figure out what your the, the path forward to do it. Right. To me. Right. Um, I think that <laughs> it's it's almost like developing a new game for the ZX Spectrum next. Where you are, you're you're doing all this coding, and how much of the code you know is dependent upon the the actual real chips inside the the, the original machine versus all of this new stuff that's been bootstrapped on top. However, right. I, I you know I will say that I agree with you that if you're a vampire owner, this is exactly what you want. You want something that is uh, that is specifically designed for the vampire. This is part of that justification in, in paying those hundreds of dollars for the vampire. Uh, this is a next-generation Amiga game for a next-generation Amiga system. You know, Boat, when it comes to the vampire standalone, uh, <clears throat> I was just thinking, I'd like to see a game that would 
that would push that to its limits. But is the I mean effectively the vampire standalone is sort of like a mister, right? I mean in some ways. Yeah. yeah it's... How much of that is it totally like a mister? I mean it's I'm not even sure what the, is in a vampire standalone that separates it from just another. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the, the, it's very it's a foggy area. The architecture, me. I mean, it's base level. It's 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 a, it's an FPGA style machine. Now right. the actual chips inside of it and things are probably different. I know that the, one of the things that people always bring up is that the chips in the Vampire are more expensive than the chips in a Mister, and that's why the cost is higher. Um, uh, but that is where, exactly where my my understanding of the issue ends. It, it makes it it makes it hard to say. I'd like to see him push that vampire to the limit because the limit might be just putting in a, a better machine. Effectively. Right. I mean, you know what I mean, yeah. So it's it's very weird to me. And maybe one of these days someone will fully explain it to me. But I mean, I'm still down with it. You mm, know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. We got one more story this week, Aaron. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, one of the fantastic things as a result of this awful thing that's going on right now is uh, so many uh, developers are putting out games for free and uh, Bridge Strike is one of these games. Uh, The uh, the developers behind Bridge Strike Red Project have uh, released Bridge Strike absolutely free. Uh, This is a game that I am going to uh, check out because you know I love River Raid and this is a uh, an homage if you will to uh, to River Raid. Um, Yeah I haven't played this yet and I've been wanting to try it so it looks, you know, it, it's got a, a look to it that is so, I mean, it just, the, the way it's layered and the coloring, mm-hmm. I, I, it's very stylized, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I think it looks very neat. They did a neat job on it. Uh, and so I'm anxious to give this a whirl. So we have to put this on the list, but. Yeah. I mean, we, we probably would have gotten to it whether it went free or not, but I mean, I ha- it's amazing how this one's been out for a while. We never got to play it. And we both like this sort of thing. So. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey. One more thing, Boat. Uh, this is sort of a, a news-related item. <clears throat> um, you remember the company that make those lovely EXE files that you can run if you're, if you're a Windows mm-hmm. user? That are they just take the Amiga game and kind of wrap it, all the emulation of whatnot up right. into one big. Uh, they have just released uh, that new version of the Strike games all in one big EXE, and they've been actually working all year on upgrading uh, their uh, their EXEs to. Uh, work with modern windows mm-hmm. uh and they're they're doing a pretty good job and i keep forgetting to mention this and I, and I saw it slide by on facebook today and i wanted to mention that they that they are working on these and if you want a uh, um if you want a, a quick easy way to play me games on your windows computer uh go over to the company.pl and then uh just go down through their games they're free uh they're real easy to download now you're going to see find some that are just aren't there, and that's because those are currently being updated. But they've they've been updating these at a brisk pace. Yeah. So just a heads up, and we do appreciate those guys over at the company. Uh, those EXEs have sustained us many times, haven't they, Boat, over the years? You know, it, all through this the, the 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 period that we've been doing the show at the very beginning, when I didn't have a handle on Amiga emulation, I depended on the company so much. Yeah. To get things going, but even now, uh, when I can't get something to work quite right, either through UAE or FSUAE, I always will go over to the company and see if they've got. And a lot of times too, the company releases will have all the built-in trainers and stuff that you want. It'll the all come wrapped. Ra- yeah, it'll come wrapped in that package. They've, they've got one set up with like all the pinball games on the Amiga and one huge 
single file. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it's all menu. It's just super nice. Yeah. Those guys are real. I've, I've just exchanged a couple of messages with a couple of the guys and they're good, hardworking guys. They're in there doing this and we appreciate them. So I wanted to mention them. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Cause uh, they, they really are great. All right, Aaron, <laughs> it's time to dive right in to some nuclear war. Nuclear war boat. I found this an interesting title. Uh, and I, it's funny, since we talked at the beginning of the show about this, this is a game that was made for me in terms of the of everything in this. I knew what was going on. I knew who all the caricatures were. <laughs> I don't know. I'm assuming most people our age do. But, I mean, I would say nowadays people would look at these at this cast of characters and wonder who the heck these people were. Uh, I'd never played this boat. I, had you looked at it before? No, I'd never looked at this one before. So, uh, Nuclear War, uh, released in 90... Uh, on two discs and published by an outfit called New World Computing. New World Computing had done a few things, Boatster. Uh, King's Bounty, uh, Might and Magic 3, and Spaceward Ho. And I've heard of Spaceward Ho. I've never actually had a look at it. Um, this was designed and coded by a fellow named Eric Hyman. Uh, he really didn't do it. The, I think he's a German fellow because most of the stuff here he's done is in German. But it's funny, he did, amongst the things he's done was a game about Gettysburg and the Rebel Charge at Chickamauga. The Rebel <laughs> Charge is, at Chickamauga. <laughs> yeah, World War, I mean, a Civil War game. Okay, okay. Uh, the graphics were done by uh, Av- uh, Avril Harrison, who worked on Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, Prince of Persia, Secret of Monkey Island. So, you know, they didn't bring in a dud to do that stuff. And the game was designed by a fellow named John Van uh, Kanagaim, he also worked on Might and Magic 3 and King's Bounty. Uh, ECS, OCS game, it had a DOS release. Um, so, I looked into this game a little bit, because it, it seemed, it's a very, it's a pretty simple game in a lot of ways. The game, uh, according to what I found, I had to check a few places, the game is kind of based on a card game. Okay. Uh, boat. I can and, see uh, that. Uh, when I, you know, when I was doing some searching around for the box art and things for this, uh, yeah. I did come across the card game, and I was wondering if they were related. Yeah, they are. They are, that card game still. Uh, uh, well, the last time I looked, it was still in print, effectively. Really? Uh, uh, they wrote me with expansions and whatnot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I was showing this to the guys earlier because when I heard this was a strategy game, and I got instantly nervous, I printed out the manual for this. And the manual is in, like, magazine form. <laughs> in fact, on the back, there's an ad for Murray's Used Missiles. You can see it mm-hmm. right there. Uh, uh, so I, I, I dug that. And it, it's it, this game is super-duper tongue-in-cheek, which you sort of have to be when you're dealing with a, uh, a topic like a nuclear war. Right. So the game starts off with a cutscene or an opening movie uh, uh, that was straight out of the old... Uh, uh, what doctor? What was that Dr. thing Strange called? Doctor Dr. Strange Love, or how I learned to quit worrying and love the bomb. Mm-hmm. I believe it was some, of, of a cowboy riding a missile that gets dropped out of a plane. And and the funny thing is, it <laughs> if you look at what the missile hits, it's this tiny little village. It just <laughs> blows the crap. It does. Out of it destroys. It's it. like a hundred miles <laughs> is eradicated by this. Uh, talk about overkill, which is funny because you can do that in the game. Um, so. In this game, uh, you compete against four other uh, computer players in a in a nuclear battle, of, uh, and uh, this, unlike say a civilization or something, this isn't a game where you're going to uh, uh, sue for peace 
try to get a trade route. There's no cultural uh, victory in this one. No, no, there's no... <laughs> You're not going to uh, work with... I mean, you could work with someone, but they're going to eventually screw you. Mm -hmm. This game is about killing off all the opponents. Um, each of you is given uh, uh, basically a stretch of land, the, and, which is irrelevant. The size, the, it doesn't matter. It's, it's You all get a certain amount of, of population in cities. And you, then you begin fighting or, or, or building up your arsenal or whatever. Um when you open, when the game opens up, you get to pick. You can pick from a cast of characters to fight. All right. Now, what I used, now what I found out, Bud, is if you just click on the Nuclear War logo, it will just randomly pick guys. Well, that's how I use. Yeah, yeah, you can you can do it. What I discovered is that you can choose none, some, or all of your opponents. So, say that you really want to play against uh, Castro, but you don't really care who the other guys are. You can select Castro, right. and then it'll select the other guys for you. Why don't, why don't you talk about some of the guys that are in this boat? Uh, so you've got basically all of the world leaders. Plus, I'm almost certain that uh, Chairman Mao was long gone by the time that this game yes. came out. I think he died in like the late 60s. Um, but, um, but you've got Gorbachev. You've got Margaret Thatcher. You've got Fidel Castro. You've got Ronald Reagan. Um, you've got Gandhi. Uh, who am I leaving Did out? you say Jimmy Carter? Jimmy Carter. Uh, Tricky Dick, yep. Dick Nick. Yeah, so lots of uh, lots of U.S. folks. It's a heavily. <laughs> it, it, yeah, many of our presidents are represented, including. I mean, it's hard to believe that that Jimmy Carter would ever nuke anybody. Yeah. We could play, or, or Gandhi. <laughs> that's another one that's kind of hard to believe. But there uh, are no play styles in this game. It's not like if you pick Gandhi, you're you start. Well, you, first of all, you never pick anybody else. We should talk about that. I don't know if you mentioned yeah. that or not, but you but, never pick to play as any of these guys. It's not like Civilization in that way either. Uh, you are yeah. always yourself, and your opponents are always the world leaders. And I'll admit it. First, I was confused when I opening screen came up because every time you pick somebody, it puts a little like a smiley face on them. Mm -hmm. And I would pick some guys. I'm like, what's going on? Well. You don't, you know, like you said, you don't play any of them. You're you're an opposing world leader, right? So you uh, could actually set country. yourself up and play against nobody but world, but U.S. presidents. Yeah, nobody, because yeah. you, you could do Carter, Nixon, all right? Yeah, Carter, Nixon, Reagan, and no, I guess you'd have to pick somebody that wasn't a president to play against too. But almost still not bad. Yeah. We're well represented in there, but yeah. Uh, now, so when this game starts, you really only have a few options. All right, so let's go over the options. Uh, and you go, and it, it just goes in turn order. And it, once once you pick what you're going to do, it shows what everyone did. Then you go to the next. Then it goes to the next round. It's same thing. Mm -hmm. So you can do some things. You do will take a round. Uh, you can uh, you can propagandize your opponent. You can pick a city from a, uh, one of the opposing players and hit them with a bunch of propaganda. Try to steal their uh, populace to make them come to your land. Right. Uh, you can you can take your internal structure and, and have everyone build weapons, and you can and that takes a round. And you, when you, when the round's over, when the beginning of the next one, they'll see what they built. You don't really get to tell them what to build. They just sort of build as some stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, then you've got uh, a uh, the ability to get a missile ready to launch. Now it won't launch this round, but it's ready to go. And in the next round, you'll get to launch it. You can also get a bomber if you've got one ready to go. And again, it won't launch this round. It'll launch the attack the next round. <clears throat> and then you can also uh, work on your defenses. You can 
have your uh, put up your defensive array to stop to try to prevent an incoming attack from mauling you. I think that's pretty much it in the boat. Yeah, for, for yeah, the round. And, and of course the defenses are based on like a radar system. It's not like you're building, you're never building individual bunkers or anything yeah. like that. Or towns. Yeah. You, once your town's gone, you can get more people into what's left and make it bigger, but you can't actually go and build new towns. Right. So once, if you decide to do something offensive, uh, let's say a missile strike boat, You've got a couple different types of missiles, depending on what you've had built that will be available to you. And then you've got uh, warheads. And uh, warheads, again, will be uh, various degrees of destruction, depending on what you've got built. <coughs> so, uh, and certain missiles can only take, like, you can't have a, a, a 50 missile and then put a 100 warhead on it. That won't work. You got to have the missile that'll hold the warhead. Right. And the bombers the same way. And the, yeah, so, and the bombers will tell you when they're built what their capacity is. Right. So <laughs> when you decide, okay, the next round I'm going to hit somebody with a bomb. You pick the bomb. It goes the full round goes. It comes back to you. Then you're like, okay, I'm going to target. I don't know Gorbachev City. The cities are unnamed. You just click on it. You target it, and then it'll show a big. You'll pick the warhead size you want to use. And once you do that, a big red button will be in the middle of the screen with a hand going like, mm-hmm. like you're dropping doom on them. And then when it's when the round is uh, visually shown, it'll show your missile going to target, and it'll show you what happened. What can happen? Well, uh, your missile could miss or or basically do no damage, or it could be a dud. <coughs> Excuse me. It could get there, and they could have their defenses geared up, and it doesn't do any damage. Or it can do a little bit of damage, a lot of damage, or it could do something wacky. There are lots of things that can happen. Yeah, lots. Like, I've seen them do no damage, and one time, a couple times I would shoot a city, and it would blow up their armaments and just decimate the whole town. Right. You know? Yeah, and when you've got, because you've got your, the way that the, the, um, the game shows damage is by the type of structure that is each city represents. So you start out and you've got what look like um, kind of like British uh, like style single family homes. Um, and then when they get blown up, you go to like a it looks like a South or no, then it looks more like an American family home. And then you go to what looks like a Southeast Asian style home that's up on the stilts. And then yeah. from there you go to the camping tent, and then from yeah, that's, there you go that's to a, like a shelter. Yeah, yeah, and then from there you go into a hole in the ground, <laughs> and now, then it's game over. Is that is that is the, are the pictures they show fully based on the amount of people that are left in the town? It is, isn't that that's how that's determined? Well, uh, I you think can. That's how that's. Determined. I've never seen a town like once you put more population in the town. I've never seen it kind of revert to a previous form. I think it can. No, I think I have seen that. Now, what I, I have seen, people to come over. One of the random events in this game is that you <laughs> will have uh, citizens at some point actually blast their entire city off into space, which is funny. And you you have no control over that. At least I don't know how to yeah. do it. There there are several wacky things that would just randomly happen. Actually, the book mentioned something I didn't even see. Uh, I did see that one where the uh, where the city just launches itself into space. I've also seen uh, flying saucers land. Have you seen that one? Mm-hmm. It literally doubles their population. Yeah. If they get that, uh, I've also seen them shoot cows. Mm-hmm. 
You ever seen now where they shoot the cow or the and slingshot? It's also worth noting that when the aliens land, it transforms their city into yet another kind. It looks like a, do a glass dome futuristic yeah. kind of thing, too. There could also be population explosions, uh, mass defections, mm -hmm. which I, I didn't see that either. Uh, a 16 ton weight can fall in one of your towns. <laughs> I, I, I didn't one. see that, no. So there's a bunch of stuff that can randomly happen. And when he says random, he ain't kidding. It's just like that city that shot up in the space. It happened to me in a game, and I w it wasn't my town, but it, I was losing. And then that city just went away. It was like 17 million people gone. Wow. You know, and I was like, yeah, nuke the crap out of them. I managed to win this game on my second attempt. I was pretty proud of myself, Bo, given the fact that this is not necessarily – this is my kind of strategy game. I, it's dumb and stupid, and it's sort of there's a lot of luck involved. I think I played um, this a lot, and I never won. Yeah, I never won. So congratulations. Really? Yeah. I, I something else that happens that really, and I'm assuming you noticed this, but I and I noticed it a lot when you nuke another land off the map. All right, they will strike out with a with like a last volley of doom. Mm -hmm. And this, in the game I won, I was taking on Gorbachev as the last guy. And he, I had like barely anything left. And he launched, because I was the only one left with him. So he launched everything he had at me and ended up blowing me down to basically a hut. Mm -hmm. And I won with the hut. Because oh. there's everyone that gets killed. There's a last volley of doom that they release. Right. Now, <laughs> there is something that maybe, and I have the tendency to overanalyze things like this game where it's, it's it, but there are, you can actually set your, um, your mood or your attitude towards the computer players. Uh, there is a smiley face in the upper right corner of the television set that represents them on the kind of menu screen. And you can click on that smiley face to show if you are happy, neutral, or yeah. angry with the person. How much of that figures into to things, Aaron? I never cared. Okay. I, you know, one thing, I, <laughs> I, I mean, you could tell. I mean, you won, so obviously, if you can win without messing with that stuff, why, well, why is it? Well, what you can it? do is, what I would do is, uh, I would click, if you click on, when you're in the turn area where you're taking your turn, you can click on your opponent's face, and it will show you their land and their where the cities are at right. and their population. <laughs> and so I would single out the city that looked like it was, I could knock its population down. And, and because when your cities go down, you're, the amount of things you can produce goes down. At the beginning of the game, you're most productive. Right. At the end, you're least productive. Did you, so when, my goal would be to blow these and to either suck out all of his population with my propaganda or to just take out one of his cities like right away. Did, and also, I wouldn't get involved in a skirmish that didn't involve me. I would let, like I was in a game where, uh, for whatever reason, uh, Margaret Thatcher hated, uh, um, I can't remember, one of, the, one of the other guys, and they just fought back and forth, back while it was Reagan. And I just sat back like, hey, I'm not interested, man. And then, in fact, the game I, the game I won, Four people were all fighting each other, and I just kind of kept building up weapons. If you build up weapons more than one round, it says you're stockpiling. And, and I don't know if it's a bad thing, but I would stockpile. Me, and then I would just unleash hell on everybody. I loved it. Did you try and target uh, the most uh, the most highly populated cities during your volleys, or did you go? Did you try and eliminate <laughs> cities altogether? I tried to eliminate cities altogether. Okay. I think I was going about it the wrong way. Something else I would do is like I liked 
to build up my uh, warheads to where they were like, I never dropped anything less than 50 megatons if I could help it. Mm -hmm. I would drop a 20 if I didn't have any choice. And every once in a while, you'd be in a weird spot where you would have uh, a missile that could carry a 100 megaton warhead, but not, but you didn't have one. You only had a 50. Right. Or you'd have a, you'd have a, a 100 megaton warhead, but you'd have the missile to put it on. It was always real annoying when you had one higher than the other one. That meant you'd have to uh, devote around the building, and you never knew what your people were going to build. You don't, they may not build what you want. Yeah. Like, you need that defensive capability. Sometimes they just don't build it, and you're pretty much boned uh, on that. So This is a uh, game. Was, there's certainly some randomness this to This is it. a game uh, that would drive our friend Jamie up the wall, I think. <laughs> because there are some people that like to have a lot of random elements in a game, and there are some people that, that don't. And for me, I think it's kind of cool, because whenever you lose, you don't feel like it's all your fault. You can just kind of blame, blame, you know, bad, bad draw or whatever. But um, this was a game that I liked much more than I thought I would. I, Me too. I really came into this dreading this game, <laughs> mostly because, um, you know, a game called Nuclear War you expect to be uh, serious and... Um, and this is this is a a lighthearted take, which I mean, when when it comes to nuclear war, it almost it, there is a quality of absurdity to it. Whatever whatever you do, it's the whole the only way to win is not to play, sort of thing. So, well, I will say this about it: I, the only reason I know about this game was because that the uh, the box is sort of iconic. Mm. I mean, I'd seen the box a bunch of places. Mm -hmm. uh, with the, there's a bikini girl laying on the beach, and there's a nuclear war head going up, and she's got like the her, her uh, lotion is like a million, you know, rank, you know, rated right. or whatever. It's like or a billion. Uh, but I, so I'd seen the box. But when it comes to the game, I'm like you. You know, I always get concerned. This is the level of strategy that Aaron likes. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, I don't. I like to have fewer options, frankly. And 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 uh, um, this game. Listen, if when you pick your opponents, it matters if you if if you want it to because the opponents each playing a different way. Like if you like, some of them are very, very aggressive. Some of them, like Reagan's, very defensive. He does a lot of propaganda. Or not Reagan, but Jimmy Carter. Um, the uh, uh, some of the guys are real super duper, like build up a lot of arms. Some people they they it's in the if you look in the in the rules, it'll tell you like their propensities and what they like to do. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> there's something to that. Now, I will say here's the, let's look talk about some of the bummer parts of this. And there's one major bummer boat in this one. And the major bummer is it's single player only. Mm -hmm. uh, that is a real bummer uh, because uh, that would have made this game a lot more fun. Right. If you could have up to four people and you could have really an unlimited amount of people in this mm -hmm. uh, because everyone could take their turn. It's not, I mean, you could play it online. It could have, I mean, think about it. Uh, that wrestling game we we looked at long, long ago, it had modem play, and this doesn't, and this could have had that. Yeah, anything I mean, that's turn-based like this would have would have been great for the old null modem cable, for sure. Exactly, and the funny thing is, uh, I read that the DOS version does allow multiplayer. Mm. Unfortunately. So we got hosed. Yeah. We got hosed big time on that one. Uh, but overall, uh, I gotta say, this was a big, big thumbs up. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen... You've, everyone that's seen this show knows me. Uh, I'm, I, I like, I'm not the biggest uh, strategy guy. And if you're a big guy that was in like Settlers or one of these games that's really involved, 
this probably isn't the game for you. All right. But if you're like me, you know, Johnny Goofball, who just likes to screw around and play a 15 minute game of something, this is it. If you want to play a strategy game with, with just normal Joe, this is the one I recommend. It was fun. It's simple to learn. It's the, the comedy's funny. The world leaders say all kinds of funny stuff. You know, funny things happen. You know, it's not depressing, despite the fact that it's called nuclear war. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's not perfect. I think that they could have leaned a little harder into the um, the individual personalities of the world leaders. I would have liked to have seen, like, if they land a successful missile strike, hear a little bit of, like, the national anthem or some stereotypical tune a la Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! play. Yeah, there's not much sound. There's nothing that's going to blow your socks off. Yeah, yeah. Um, You're right. There could have been, there was room for some cute stuff or some flourishes. But, but the, I will say that the, the little sayings are funny. Yeah, and the gameplay itself, I don't know that I'd change anything about the gameplay because it's just strategic enough to make you feel like you're doing something versus, yeah. you know, it, 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 but it's not so complicated that you have too many choices to make every turn. I agree. I agree. Um, Review-wise, uh, this did, uh, it was all over the map, really, Boat. Uh, Lemon gave it an 8.07. Uh, Ace, I love the way Ace scores these things. It gave it a 790 out of 1,000. <laughs> um, Amiga Format gave it a 51. Wow. Uh, CU Amiga gave it an 88. Info 31, number uh, issue 31, gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Amiga Action gave it a 65. And I've been scoring these off Moby games. The people over at Moby Games rate this as a 3.6 out of 5. So, <clears throat> you know, it's it's sort of all over the map. Did we get any Discord looks at this one? We did. We did. Uh, let's see. Uh, first off, we have Jason Warns. And Jason Warns, this is the very first game he's uh, that has been suggested by him uh, that the AGSC voted on to play. So congratulations, Jason. He says, what would happen if spitting image characters were given nuclear codes? The nuclear or nuclear war, a cutesy turn-based strategy game where caricatures of world leaders attempt to annihilate each other. The last one standing wins. This is one of my favorites. Fun graphics, good sound effects, but alas, no in-game music. Easy game mechanics yeah. and something that won't steal hours of your life to finish a game. A solid game, eight out of ten. Chris Fold says, I have very fond memories of this game from back in the day, so it's hard to not give it a rose-tenored review. Great spitting image-esque graphics and humor sit on top of quite strategic battle game that requires a smidge of good luck. It's a game that can be quickly played in 10 to 12 minutes, meaning you don't have to sink hours at a time in, and you can rapidly apply lessons learned to another go. 7 out of 10. Lord Soup says, a fun little dipper with tongue firmly in cheek and gameplay set to simple. A five-way PvP version would have been awesome fun. As it is, you have to settle for nuking the CPU factions. You'll never play it day in or day out, but you'll likely return every now and then for some light thermonuclear holocausting. Seven out of ten. Lobsterminator writes, an Amiga classic that I revisit a couple times per year. It's not exactly deep, and it doesn't offer much variability, but the graphics and humor are its selling point, and without them, I wouldn't keep coming back to it. Multiplayer would have greatly added replay value. 7 mm. out of 10. And finally, Pixels at Dawn mm. writes, This is definitely a very quirky and unique game with a healthy dollop of satire, and I enjoyed what I played. 
However, after a few games, I seem to have seen everything I was going to see of the game, and I can't imagine it having much longevity as a result. I do worry that there may be a bit too much RNG as well. One to dip into for a game now and again. And I think Pixels makes a good point. This is not a game that you need to play 10 times in a row. This is a game you play it once, maybe twice, you enjoy yourself, and then you move on to something else. Then a couple months down the line, you say, oh yeah, Nuclear War, and you get it back out again. This would be a great game for your phone. Yeah, yeah. You know, whack it, you just knock it out, play it, have fun. It's like, I, I play Spades on my phone. This would be like the war equivalent of that. <laughs> this game would be, this is another one, would be right for like an upgrade. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could perfectly yeah. do it. And put, put a network, uh, you know, make it so you can play with a bunch of people. Maybe even expand the roster to like have, say, a 10 people playing at once. Get it a, get a full global thing going. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I, I dug it. I dug it both. Did you uh, Did you look this one up on eBay? Oh, oh boy, did I! So I found a couple people selling these right now. If you want one today, today, and you're overseas, there's a guy selling one of these for nine hundred ninety nine dollars or best offer. So jump on it. Obo. I'm serious. Uh, Obo Yolo. There's a there's $150 for a box, and then you've also got the discs are going for 83 bucks. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe now, disc now, only listen, copies are that high. I, I tried to see if anybody's been bought recently, and they hadn't. I suspect that the box for this is quite valuable. Yeah. Uh, just because I know the box is very, very popular. Uh, so I suspect that's why it's so expensive. And, of course, these uh, eBay uh, prices are idiotic. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I, I don't know what this is going for. It was hard for me to, it, just from looking at what I saw, it was hard for me to get a grip on what it's going for. But, I mean, uh, I would say it's probably going for more than a couple bucks. Yeah. I would not be surprised if it's going up in the $50 range or more. Yeah, I agree. And they're done over here, of course. <laughs> um, you know, I uh, I wonder, this is, this is just, such, it was such a pleasant surprise, and I wonder how many more strategy games there are like this for the Amiga. Um, because, you know, I look over at, at our shelf of games over here and, and I see a lot of, a lot of strategy games like Pacific Islands and things like that. And you, even just lifting the box, you know, you're in for trouble. Uh, I would love, uh, Amigos Game Selection Committee to have such another pleasant surprise on the next time strategy rolls around again on the category train. Um, light strategy yeah. that's that's all we're good for both absolutely i will say this does this is the best game featuring spitting image type characters that we've ever looked at <laughs> had you heard a spitting image before this aaron yeah remember we covered that horrible or we played that horrible game on the amiga thon with the spitting image characters, oh you're right game. i forgot i forgot and of course i've seen the show and i've seen the americanized show so i was oh yeah i'm very okay. familiar with that is definitely something that was before my time or before i was around so uh yeah did you ever see the video for the genesis video for land of confusion no you never saw it. go watch okay. it sometime you'll see you'll get your fill okay okay all right aaron um before we move on, I would like to uh, add a, a, uh, a plea, not necessarily a plea, but just a request. If you're watching this video and you enjoyed it, um, leave us a comment on YouTube. 
just you know uh, point out something that, uh, that 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 you liked or you didn't like or just leave let your let your voice be heard because one of the things that will help us grow as a channel is if we get a uh, video with a lot of comments and uh, I, I've never mentioned that on this show before but it is important uh, we always get lots of feedback on our discord server and we definitely want to keep that going but um, even if you are on discord if you could drop your thoughts about the game onto the comments it would really really help us out a lot and of course itunes reviews always welcome you know what else is always welcome aaron the wheel the wheel oh, wait, wrong show. <laughs> um <laughs> let's talk that's the perfect lead-in for brent right there <laughs> congratulations <laughs> let's talk about uh the fine folks that have joined us on twitch today um, for the next couple weeks, uh, as long as things aren't crazy, uh, we will be recording a little bit earlier to make it easier on those of you that live over overseas. Um, we'll be starting the show around uh, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, and you can join us live on twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. Uh, Pixels at Dawn, modding it up here. Real Ruffy is here. Uh, Jason Warns, here to see his game talked about. Christian Russell is here. Zebedee's Magic Roundabout. Mitsuyama, Kilobytes and Caffeine. Uh, Rushi MSX is here. Duncan Styles, Edvin. Everybody's around. Everybody's around. So thank you guys so much for chilling with us. And we want to thank our Twitch subscribers as well. Uh, Retro Jerry, Chris Folds, Silver Streak 72, Mohawk Mall, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, Christian Russell, Tapes from the Crypt, Go to Go Sub, Frodo NL, L. Curtis B, Duncan Styles, Kilobytes and Caffeine, Still Adolescing, Mitsuyama, Macintosh Librarian, Jost 80, Barkbit, Rushi MSX, and Buck Owens. Thank you guys so much for subscribing to us on Twitch. And, Aaron, last week, of course, we had our special super secret surprise, Pixels at Dawn's um, Patreon song. What did you think about that, Aaron? Well, I didn't get to hear it. Oh, yeah, that's right. You didn't. Remember? You don't go back and watch the show after we're done? Oh, God, no. I would jump off a cliff. <laughs> well, uh, he did a song that I'd never heard before, and I was so happy because I was afraid he was going to sing something that I knew and I wouldn't be able to guess it, but Pixels is such a great singer. That was not ever a danger. Um, he sang Old Red Eyes is Back. Are you familiar with that song, Aaron? No. It's by a group called The Beautiful South. We could name we could name this show that. I think I've heard of the group, okay. but I don't think I've heard of the, the song. The Beautiful South, British group, I think. They're from they're from the Commonwealth. I don't know. Mitsuyama got it right, and Brock oh. and Brock one hundred and one also correct. So, and there were also well several people in the chat. I think that that announced the the name of the song as Pixels was singing it. So, congratulations to you all. All right, Aaron, we have a new supporter this week. His name is Solenizer. Solenizer. He stepped right out of Charles Dickens. Solenizer Scrooge. That's not his his real name. It's just Solenizer. Thank you, Mr. Scrooge. Solenizer might also be how you say it. I'm going to go with Solenizer. Like salt and light. We need to have them. We need to have them send us a little one of those things that tell you how to pronounce yeah. it. The gamut, he's a, like an addiction. He's another Swede. He's from Sweden, so maybe him and him and Barkbit they might know each other. Get our Swedish numbers up. Yeah, bro. that's right. Since we're a power, and where are we a power? Norway well, in or the Netherlands. Netherlands? Number one video game podcast in the Netherlands. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we love you. All right. 
So, if you know this week's Patreon song, please send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com and I will announce you as a winner. (coughs) (coughs) Solid Lizer Tech Mage Zebedee's Magic Roundabout Jurgen Mister Cola, Daniel, Williams, Bernard, Lucas, Jerry, Dennington. Zorg, Lab, Commodore, Kid, Jorgen, Goodmanson. Reflection, Simon, Ledge, Captain, Crispy. Kilobytes and Caffeine, Mike, W, Deck. Three board. Gary Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobster, Minator, 10 Minute Amiga Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, Retro Man Cave, Tim Drew Simon, Rose Joseph Harrison, Kyle Edder, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Laramore, Andy Craig, Sean Zobach, Bid. Rollenberg, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Leaf Kalan, Alan Kebab, Chekote Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perrone, Ricky DeRoche, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CTZ, The Slow Door, Stefan Sorgard Munson, and then Helen Blender 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abercris, Full Stream Catcher, Larger Roo, Graham Fab, Kevin Pinson, Adam B, Adam Battis B, Rob Ryan's Retro Vintage, Gary Hockessy, Brian John, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Dave from the Crypt, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rule, DHC, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tommy, Humbridge, Todd, Daniel Bigston, Pearl, Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warren's Pixel, Adon, and Kjolbjorn Barman. Good Lord, Boat. You were burning out the speakers in the old monitor here. I was burning out the speakers? You were way, you were going way up several that's, octaves That's up how there. we do it. That's not how we should do it, though. <laughs> you're a clear, you're a clear baritone, Boat. <laughs> All right. So, uh, thank you as always, everybody, for watching next week, Aaron. It is New Games Week. You know, I gave this big oh, spiel about how we never play it. new games. Well, we're playing <laughs> one this week, and this one is Black Dawn Rebirth. That's four words with one syllable apiece. What is that, Bo? It's a dungeon crawler. Ooh, I can't okay. wait. I'm so excited. Oh, boy. 